Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Okay. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Seller Roundtable Extras. And today we are here with Baptiste Posier, and he's going to tell us about his Amazon journey. Welcome, Baptiste. Hey, well, um, thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Amy. How are you doing? I am so good. So it's nighttime here in San Antonio. It's eight o'clock at night. And we normally record these at one in the afternoon, but Baptiste is in China. So he actually lives in China. And um, so it's going to be fun talking to a seller who has that firsthand experience living in China. And, um, and of course, what time is it there? Uh, so right now it's about 9.30 uh, a.m. So it's morning. Um, and uh, yeah, it's all away across the world. So uh, quite, quite nice to be here. <laughs> awesome. And you live in Guangzhou, China, right? That's correct. I live uh, in the city that hosts the Canton Fair. So in Guangzhou. Awesome. So speaking of, you know, things about you, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about you and where you were born, you know, where you live now, you know, basically your life story, but you know, the abbreviated version. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So uh, I was born and raised in uh, Paris, France. Um, and very early, uh, I quit the regular school. Uh, school, sorry, to go into a cooking school to become a chef. Uh, that's the career I chose. Um, and then um, I wanted to work with big names in uh, gastronomy, such as Alain Ducasse and Mr. Joel Robuchon. So a uh, really like high profile uh, chef. And uh, that was that was very nice, but it was very army-like. And I think I had a problem with discipline at the time. So anyway, um, a bit later, I, I just moved to England. Uh, I thought it was a good idea to speak English, you know, and I started to travel and I stayed there for five years and I really enjoyed it. Um, then after five years, I decided, well, that's all fun. And, you know, now I speak English is great, but, you know, I think my roots are in France and as a chef, I should go back. And I went back into Paris. Uh, to Paris and I decided to open a restaurant and a bar um, so uh, this was great a great you know my first business uh, venture per se uh, it lasted for about four years um, and uh, I failed so I lost most of my capital uh, and this was very tough but it was probably the best business lesson uh, lessons I ever had so this was I guess the, the first um, the first stepping stone in my journey. Uh, uh, and then um, after a while, uh, I started working again, you know, and I met a Chinese woman um, and she started to talk to me about China. And I was like, quite curious, you know, Asia is so far away. Uh, don't have much experience about Asia. You only been to Thailand like uh, for holiday at some stage. So I was like, okay, let's go, you know, and have a look. And she showed me a, a region next to uh, Laos, Vietnam, Myanmar, which is called the Yunnan. And I really fell in love with that region. Um, it, it's very authentic, uh, China. 
is the complete West, so nothing to do with Beijing or other city. And, um, you know, I really fell in love with, with that, um, that part of China. And then her parents could not speak either English or French or, or uh, you know, they could only speak Chinese. So I guess I started to speak a little Chinese uh, with them. And uh, a few years uh, later, when we separated, unfortunately, um, uh, I thought, you know, this experience is great, and I like China, and I now come every uh, every year for two months uh, to train myself and, and discover more. I was like, I don't want to waste uh, that, and I want to continue. And so uh, I was looking at the opportunities. Uh, I was trying to run away also from uh, cooking. You know, I was being tired, and uh, I didn't want to have another venture into the the. Uh, uh, hospitality industry um, and so I looked for opportunities and that's how I come about Amazon I thought that Amazon uh, being here in China uh, next to the factories would be a good uh, competitive advantage so I looked at my situation uh, saved a bit of money and made the move and uh, and I'm here since uh, September uh, 2018 and I've been uh, learning about Amazon and uh, starting my store in December. And here I am today. <laughs> oh, wow. So, and I actually, I usually talk a little bit about how, uh, how I met people or if I've met them before. And I actually met you um, in China, but uh, I had heard of you beforehand because you were uh, kind of starting up a little uh, Amazon community on Facebook, and I got to know you that way, and um, you were posting some great tips out there and just some interesting information, and you and uh, your friend Chris were hosting a get-together, a networking event in China at, during the Canton Fair, and at, at that time, that's when uh, you guys came to our networking event. We came to your networking event and we just kind of got to know each other there. So I was like, hey, you should come on my podcast. That's, you know, usually what I ask everyone who I meet. Right. So be careful out there. If you meet me, I might ask you to come on my podcast. But, <laughs> but so that's where I got to meet, uh, got to meet Baptiste and um, and learn a little bit about his journey. So uh, you talked a little bit about, you know, when you first learned about selling on Amazon. Um, and, you know, what about, so you've been selling a little bit over a year now, you said? Um, so typically, I, I wasn't completely sure I wanted to, um, to invest straight away in inventory. I basically started really Amazon, uh, my store open on, uh, June 2017, right? And uh, I did a couple of months of arbitrage, but not having a car, being in London, I thought the the model was, you know, retail arbitrage per se was more, uh, I, I thought that being in the USA with the car, uh, going to Walmart with, was a little easier. I guess I, I didn't like the hunt of the product and scanning, you know, some people really enjoy that and I'm not one of those. And so I was looking at other business model into Amazon and I was really driven by the private uh, label model. But um, I, th you know, I thought that I needed to get more knowledge going and I started to learn and, you know, I've been invited uh, to Las Vegas for a conference um, 
which called, was called uh, Just One Dime. Um, so this was my first really step into meeting Amazon sellers. Um, so I went to Vegas and this is where I met with Chris Davey uh, and we got along very well. And um, there was the AESD uh, trade show as well. And so we had a walkthrough. Uh, he told me what he was doing in China. And this is uh, probably because of Chris that I thought of, okay, I think I want to go to China. I've been to China many times and uh, now the opportunity uh, has come. So, uh, you know, it took me a few months to make the move, but I was already looking at uh, developing a private label in China. And between March and uh, September, I worked a lot uh, in the kitchen and every single five minutes I had, I started, uh, you know, educating myself on podcasts, uh, on groups, you know, just trying to feed myself with as much knowledge as I could. Uh, so that uh, when I started in um, really December, when I launched my product, my first product in December uh, 2018, I would have a lot of, uh, uh, you know, knowledge and uh, fuel to put behind the rocket. And um, I did well. Um, so I was, I was quite happy I did it this way. Uh, I wanted to take action uh, from the get-go and I saw many people starting in like the same time as me. Uh, and it was sometimes frustrating because they were doing well, but most of them, um, I, I've heard stories of people starting just the same as me that turned very sour and uh, uh, bless them, you know, um, they, they have lost a lot of money. Uh, I mean, I, I know a couple of people that got really lost over 10 grand for their first product. So uh, it really breaks my heart when I hear those stories, I have to say. And this is also perhaps the reason I started uh, a little community, uh, because I wanted to share my experience and I wanted to share what it is to be a, a, newbie, a newbie seller in China. You know, this is why. Yeah, and I think it's you kind of bring something really interesting to the table because to most new sellers, China is so foreign, right? They don't really understand the culture or or how to talk with suppliers or really what they're looking at when they look on like Alibaba or any of the websites that are out there. It's really hard to know the man behind the curtain, I guess you could say, right? It just mm -hmm. seems like, you know, it seems like you're getting scammed wherever you go, right? And there's so many horror stories, as you mentioned, that mm -hmm. I can I can imagine, you know, I kind of wanted to share my journey from the very beginning as well. Uh, and, and that's kind of how Amazing at Home was born. It was just sharing my journey and other people saying, oh, hey, you know, I ran into that too. Or, oh, wow, that thing that you said really, really helped me. And that kind of just fueled me to share more. So you're saying that your product, you know, you, you chose a product, right? And you, so you just, you launched one product to start with or did you launch many? No, uh, just one product. I wanted to show myself. I wanted to prove myself that uh, what I learned was uh, valuable and I could just, uh, you know, implement my, my strategy, my system. So uh, I sort of picked an item because uh, I, I try also to do something different. That's one thing I learned is Amazon um, Amazon's is changing so fast that in order to, on my level, with that the, the little bit of cash I had to start, had to be very uh, different than most of people. I had to go against the mainstream. 
uh, to keep that mindset. And uh, what I did is I found, because of the region that I first discovered in China, which is the Yunnan, I found the, probably the second biggest wholesale market in one of the cities there. So if you think of Yiwu, uh, you've got perhaps uh, 80% of the size of Yiwu in a wholesale market that's uh, where nowhere, um, no one, um, I mean, Westerners would normally go or typically go. And so I found that um, the barrier to entry is a bit more high because there was no translator, there was no sourcing agent or anything. But with my friends, uh, we went there and she did the translation and I got great prices, uh, probably like 10 or 15 percent on some of the items you can find in Yiwu. So, you know, you're coming to China. It's already cheaper. Uh, you've got, uh, because of the location, you've got more uh, heart and craft type of items, if I may say, because you're more uh, Southern Asia type of uh, looking at. And, and the prices are even cheaper than most of China because it's, uh, it's considered as a poor uh, region. And, and there's a lack of competition. Well, there's a complete uh, no man's land of Westerners. So people just don't, you know, they just really treat you as a Chinese. They don't have any price ready for uh, the Westerners. And that was my advantage. Um, by the way, if you guys need to know, if you want to come to that wholesale market, uh, the name is Chinese, it's just uh, uh, escaping my mind, but the city is Kunming, uh, in, in the Yunnan, Yunnan uh, region. So if you want to have a look, uh, you'll find it on Google. The wholesale market there is open to everybody, just like Yiwu. And it's, it's just under the same uh, sort of settings. You know, you've got streets and streets and streets of little uh, shops and stores, and everything is sort of in one category. So you've got everything ranged from home and decoration, to pet supplies, to uh, clothes, to uh, textiles, whatever, etc., uh, etc. Et so it's very well organized. It's quite easy. Uh, the region is awesome. The food is awesome. I would really recommend anyone to go. Back to my story, this is where uh, I found my first item. And so uh, I looked at um, a bamboo uh, uh, item in the home and uh, decor. Uh, section and I was like, oh, this 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 has got something very unique about it. And uh, I asked for the price, and it was as little as uh, fifty cents uh, on a dollar. And I looked it up on Amazon; like similar item would sell for uh, fifteen to seventy dollars on Amazon. So I was like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> so uh, even though the the category I was choosing was uh, very competitive. The main keyword was well over 5,000 uh, results. Uh, so I saw how the hell am I going to put my uh, product first page? But um, I was like, this is a great challenge. And uh, so December, I started to uh, to rank my product uh, on Amazon. Uh, it's It was on the Amazon UK. This is the market I'm selling into for now. I'm planning to launch five more products this uh, summer into the US as well and the wall of Europe. So uh, I'm scaling this up a little bit now. Uh, but um, yeah, so this was my first item and this was my first market. And I managed to rank it uh, like first page in the uh, first or second rank um, for, the, for the three main keywords. And, and the wonderful the thing about that is that you had enough margin 
to be able to spend the money to rank. So what a lot of people make the mistake of doing is they find a more, you know, a competitive product, a competitive keyword. So, you know, mm -hmm. if I'm selling coffee mugs or water bottles, right, you're, you're competing for that main keyword and you're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, how am I going to get to page one or stay on page one? But the thing is, if you have mm -hmm. margins like that, if you are able to get, you know, such great margins on your product, then you have room to really adjust your pricing and stay very competitive as well as spend extra money on advertising. Because even if right. you spend $4 a click, you know, to be at the top of the page for your main converting keyword, and then you convert for that keyword and you can stay there, well, you're still making a profit with every sale. And that's where the most people screw up is that they source something at such a low multiplier that they can't make any money on it when it is, especially if it's in a competitive category, they can't make any money on it when it goes to, to sell. And then they say, well, I just can't, I can't rank it and I don't have enough money and I'm just losing money on PPC. So it's, yeah. it's pretty cool to be able to be in China and find these, basically you're getting you're getting the direct to Chinese prices, you know, and even if, if you yeah. go to Ewu, you get everything is priced in RMB. And the thing is, at any wholesale market, people should be aware that in any wholesale market, you are dealing with wholesalers. So they're giving you higher prices in most cases than you would get direct from a manufacturer. But absolutely, you yeah. can buy in smaller quantities, right? So mm -hmm. you can you don't have to pay, you don't have to buy a whole truckload, which is really nice. Uh, and so you can test the market with smaller items, which is what Baptiste is doing. He's saying, okay, well, I got this item for pretty cheap. I've got plenty of room to learn with this item. And, um, and you know, what, what do you have to lose? You paid 50 cents. And how many units did you buy initially? Uh, the first, uh, I, bought, I bought a carton of 100, <laughs> just like very little. And if I wanted to, I could just buy, you know, a few more and it would be like, the price would jump from 50 to 70 or 80 cents. Uh, but then it's very comfortable. And um, yeah, you know, I'm actually writing something about this because this can be also done from online. The, so what, from did you do, what did you do to make this product? Uh, so obviously you bought this from a wholesale market, so you're not dealing direct with the manufacturer. So you can't mm. really make changes to this product and it does make it very competitive to compete so what did you do with this product after you bought it from this wholesaler to kind of make it look nice make it look high-end um how did you design your packaging and, and get it into amazon after that okay so right every person's got a, a different situation and that's why it's so important that you find the right fit for your strategy uh considering that i wanted to do the minimal amount of work on the packaging on the added value uh would, that would cost i just digged into myself and look at how i would write my menu and this is all about copywriting right and this is my added value for that particular item. So I started to make people, uh, you know, like use word in English as much as I could, because that's not my uh, native language, right? But um, how would I, I sell a plate of a dish? You know, sometimes you actually sell something and 
it doesn't sound good because of it's a part of the animal that you know people go like oh. But then if you just uh, take pick another word and sort of uh, put it into a certain manner, it, it sounds appetizing. You out of the sudden you want to get on the table and eat it. And so I I did my listing in such a way that uh, for that bamboo I was just uh, really banking on the uh, environment environment. Uh, friendly and on you know it, it's 100 percent natural product and i was trying to develop that and this has been my segment since so i really focused on one thing on how i could well present that product and i, I try to just really sell that product for these type of people that would react and that so did you well. did less on your packaging you focused less right. on creating a beautiful package and all of that and you know and you focused on your copywriting and it actually being a decent product on its own so that when they made the buying decision it came through now what about reviews how did you handle reviews and uh, did you get any bad reviews do you have any kind of stories to tell about learning from that right no bad reviews so far uh, only good reviews not that many uh, i think i'm about eight so, you know, it's, it's just really all organic, uh, no black hats, no black uh, technique, but really, again, 100% customer service, engagement with the customer. Uh, they, this, if you know me, this is what I'm all about, uh, just really engaging with people. I love, you know, taking the time uh, and effort. So it's all about how you can duplicate that at scale if you... Uh, you know, you need to find a way to 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 be the person behind your product and back it up with all your heart. And this this uh, is probably the best of the white hat techniques that I can uh, suggest anyway. And so, you know, yeah. as far as your product selection, so you mentioned this was your first product and you selected right. it because you just thought, well, I could get it very. It, it's a nice looking product. It's quality. I can get it very cheap. And even though the um, the com competition is pretty high, I mm -hmm. have the margin to rank and I'm going to be creative with my copywriting. But what about your product selection process? So you mentioned, okay, I'm going to launch, you plan to launch five more products soon here. So what is your product mm -hmm. selection process all about? Talk us through that. Okay, so this has evolved a little bit. You know, this pro first product was really a, a try and error, error basis uh, product. So because of those margins, I could play around with no stress. Uh, as I said, you know, I bought 100 units at 50 uh, cents each. So you can see that how much investment then, you know, be between the shipping. I had a lot of sp uh, place to, to play with and I could really sort of not stress on I need to sell, I need to sell. You know, I've got a dead product in the, in the garage, uh, but I could really focus on what work and whatnot and do some trials and error. So I, that's a luxury, you know, to figure out what things work. Uh, but now for my uh, process selection, uh, I've got a slightly different angle. And now I'm trying to focus everything on the trend. And so uh, this is my little trick for you guys. Um, what I do is I use uh, Helium 10. I use Viral Launch, uh, you know, market analysis and, and such tools. But I typically don't start there. I like the manual approach, you know, and I start with Google. 
And let's say I'm going to pick a category that's on Amazon that I'm you know, comfortable selling into that requires the low, the minimum um, barrier to entry for me personally. And then I go to Google and I'm looking for the trends. So uh, my typical search would be, uh, you know, home and kitchen trends for 2019. And then I'm sort of getting to a creative mode of, you know, letting my, my eyes and heart, you know, guide me through that. And I, I will have probably like affiliate websites talking about some trends. And, um, you know, I go to uh, trade shows and looking at exhibitors and go to their website and whatnot. It's, it's really an a, a in-depth process of getting into whatever content I can go through. And then scrap it. Um, you know, some people can even invent some uh, software to scrap it for you. But I like to do manual because then I can really better assess uh, the, the product I'm looking for. Actually, not before the product. I really try to look for the segmentation of the market. What is the people are uh, about? What do they like? What's the trend? You know, and then I'm trying to find with that trend the gap. That's about six months to 12 months gap between what's happening on Amazon and what's happening on Google and other websites. So the more gap you have, the more time you've got to entry the market. And I compare it into second tool, Google Trends. If I see something into the next, uh, sorry, the last five years that's uh, um, ascending trend, and if I see that uh, there's a lot more volume coming up, just just a bit like you're playing the, with the stock exchange, you know, you see a great uh, ascending train. Well, that's a great indication, you know, so uh, lights are turning green out of the sudden and I'm going to go in depth uh, to do more research. But typically my strategy is to entry when the competition is at its lowest on Amazon so that then I can come with an ID and dominate. And those products that I find on uh, wholesale markets or uh Alibaba that I can get uh, for a little, little MOQ and a little price, I'm going to test, I'm going to batch test them to Amazon and see if the response uh, uh, is going to be, um, yeah, see if there is a response in Amazon marketplace. If people can find me without PPC, without any, you know, shenanigan, without optimization, if there is a response in a four weeks uh, time frame, then I consider that I'm onto something. And then I'm going to select uh, some products that I'm going to send to Amazon, select a few less, you know, and I'm just going to go like narrow it down. So I go uh, with a mild wild and an inch deep approach. I send maybe 20 products uh, and then, you know, I'm going to narrow it down to a couple. And that's going to be where I'm going to start optimis, uh, optimizing the listing, uh, sending beautiful picture, uh, work on my copy. And I found that technique to be uh, quite um, efficient uh, for me, at least, uh, in, the, in the way that I do things. But the, the, the product research is so important to find that um, entry to market with low competition. Low competition meaning... Uh, you know, very, very limited A cost with your PPC. All you want to do is just farming a nine algorithm for keywords and, and see where is your best chance to entry and sell. And if you start selling already, then you're on to something, you know, and then you can scale up slowly. 
uh, and go from batch of uh, 50 to batch of 100. And then while you're selling those and while you're building your real estate on Amazon, you know, acquiring uh, market shares basically or, or establishing a new market with your trendy keywords, then you think of uh, differentiation. And th that's why I connected with you, Amy, and, you know, you told me about designing products and this was so interesting and uh you know i really enjoy talking to you about this and this is uh where i i would suggest anyone to go in that time where you prove uh, the 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 keyword in your product then you start designing your own product what how could you you know bring two different products into one or how can you improve the product that you found so that you know when uh, uh hijacker is going to see like okay this person uh, is actually dominating uh, a market this item i know i can find it very easy it's made in china then you already a step ahead of the competition by differentiation and you can reach the factory you know you've got a market you know you've got a response so your success rate it's much higher uh, yeah, so that's the strategy. Well, that's a really great strategy. And I love that you started because what a lot of people do where, where the mistakes are made is they start on the product research software and they look for low competition, high demand, right? And right. that the problem with that is one, you're probably already too late. <laughs> right. And yeah. two, you don't know if that's an upward trend. Or if that trend's going to stay the same, you know, so what you're doing is what I like to tell people to do, which is start with the market, look for holes in the market and then fill those holes with products instead of starting with a product research software that everyone else is using with the same search filters. And now you're like, Eureka, I have this amazing product that is high, super high demand, high search volume and, uh, and low competition. I'm going to launch it. Well, guess what? So is everybody else. So, you know, that's, it's just not a good strategy to use product research software. Now it's good to use product research software as one tool in your tool bag. That's absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's, there's a flawed strategy when you're going in and you're, you're just getting on viral launch or jungle scout and going, yep, this is my product. And you're making your decision based on that. And you're not going out and looking at the trends on Google or, you know, mm -hmm. checking out different things. And most of those tools are free. You know, the Amazon yeah. search bar is free. The, the, you know, Google trends is free. So there's a lot, you know, looking on Pinterest and see what people's going on. And like you said, checking out the exhibitors, uh, all different, you can go on trade show websites. You don't even have to go to the trade show. You can register like for ASD, for example, you can register for ASD and uh -huh. you don't have to attend and you still get the whole exhibitors list. And then you can go yeah. and check out each of the exhibitors and what's like, what's trending, what's hot, you know? And then the other tip that I give people in the U S is to walk through stores like Walmart and target, they pay mm -hmm. buyers for trends. You know, those people are paid for trends. So if you're looking for the latest trends, you're going to find them on the shelves, on the end caps of those stores. That's prime oh, real estate. So absolutely. what I have to ask for you though, Baptiste, is you live in China. You right. can buy 20 of something. You can walk down to the market and pick up 20 of something, <laughs> you know, you can yes. ship it straight from China and on the way out. And I know all of our listeners can go, can, are going to think, well, that's great for him, but how the heck do I get 20 of something and send it in? 
you have any advice? There's a, you always have to find, you know, your weak point. And I guess this is my best advice for any business. Uh, Take your weak point and transform it into your best assets, you know, uh, leverage your situation and uh, see, you know, what is your best angle. So for me, the the problem uh, was that um, I didn't know the the process of finding a product. And uh, so I I went developing this strategy because I've, you know, I I just, I just, yeah, I was in that spot where I needed to find it. But then I, I thought about, okay, the guy that's somewhere else, how does he do it? Well, you can do it online. So if you go to uh, things like, okay, Wilson Market, just to be more clear, a Wilson Market, what is it? It's a marketplace where Chinese uh, sell to Chinese. Okay, that exists online. If you go to uh, Taobao, if you go to uh, 1688.com, if you go to Jingdong, those are wholesalers that is pretty much Alibaba.com, but from Chinese people to Chinese people. And then you get the best price, right? The only barrier to entry there is just having someone that speaks Chinese or can read Chinese. So you can do it through Google Translate, or you can uh, hire a VA, which I recommend would be more like a... uh, Malaysian VA or Singaporean VA because uh, they speak Chinese fluently, that's uh, their native, but they don't necessarily have the same uh, uh, bias than Chinese that are very uh, uh, ambitious sometimes. Um, so as VA, I would recommend more uh, these nationalities because they do uh, speak Chinese natively and they probably are really cool to, um, you know, to work with. Um, you know, there's no really like preference about who's coming from where and for what reason, but they just speak Chinese and they're really nice to work with. So um, uh, that's what I would recommend. Um, but they also have a, a, in those programs, just like on Amazon, if you take a picture and you feed their system, um, then they will suggest you some items that might look exactly like the, the thing you're looking for. So um if you're not in my situation, not being in China, you can do that and find products. It takes some adjustments and some practice, but I find it very, very useful. I'm still doing it myself. That allows allows me not to go to the market and just not leave my office. Um, and I verify prices as well. You know, like if I've got a, um, a supplier that's already supplying me a product, I go check on those websites. That's another thing is to see what kind of price I'm getting, you know. And uh, if I see something cheaper, I'm like, hey, hold on, you know, you might have some, you know, uh, tax on the import, but I'm paying those and not you. And then, you know, you might have duties, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, that's that doesn't just justify the difference. So I would recommend people that have already a product launched to check the price on those websites. Taobao, Jindong, uh, Yalibaba.com, uh, which is the, the Chinese version, and uh, and such. Um, yeah, so you can do it this way. The other way you can do it is by having someone uh, source it for you. There's tons of uh, sourcing agents that will uh, do the search for you, 
uh, for a premium, of course. Uh, but some of them, uh, you know, I, I could eventually give you a couple uh, that I would recommend. Uh, do a very great job, you know, and they save you a lot of time. And they've got a team ready, and they work with already lots of foreigners. So if you want to leverage your, uh, if you've got the, the means to do it, and and don't spend as much time and, and have a great result, uh, there's sourcing agent that can do for you, given that you know them and someone's vetting the service for you before. Uh, last thing you can do is also uh, working with the prep center. Uh, and that's what I'm trying to build now on the side of the, the Amazon business. I'm trying to build a platform that is safe. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to put that method and how to source completely uh, into a course uh, so I'm writing the course right now and I want to, I've got a little uh, group of people uh, that are all from the same community, uh, mysilentteam.com. Uh, uh, um, it's uh, Jim Cochran. Uh, it's very dear to me, this community. This is how I started to learn uh, and Amazon. And I want to give um, to the community uh, almost like a free course. Uh, and so how to do it uh, successfully. And um and so I'm building this platform with other members that are in China that uh, work with warehouses. Uh, they pick and pack, they do packaging, uh, they do all sorts of service and to, to make it so that um, people can have a look, you know, you order on Taobao and uh, 168, you send it to that warehouse, people have a look, uh, you know, check the, uh, if the item is correct, if, it, if it's good quality, if it's not bombed, you know, uh, and then help you to uh, do a bundle or they help you to do a packaging with it. So to add value on it before you send it to Amazon. And what, what people, uh, what we're trying to set up also is to people to gather into a charter, you know, just like a charter container to lower the price and be able to ship by sea, for instance, you know, a lot of, uh, arbitrage or people doing like testing low quantity uh, have to go through the air freight uh, uh, thing, which is a lot more expensive. Uh, and then what we're trying to do is, is uh, giving the people the ability to do it by sea. So there's really like uh, lots of different ways to go about it. Uh, you can also last uh, send it, I think from Taobao, there's an open service to worldwide. So uh, for not that much money more, you can be delivered to your door. Uh, but that would probably take a while before you get your product. And what did you say, Baptiste, from Taobao? There's a service to what? What is it called? So it's a door-to-door -door service. Uh, you, I've never set it up because I'm in China. I don't really need to, uh, but I've read about it. And so if you if you inquire like through Google or if you do some research, uh, Taobao, you can register a, a Taobao account just like you would do for an Amazon buyer's account, right? And you can buy from Taobao and get, get delivered in certain countries. I think it's 14 countries uh, worldwide. Uh, USA being, uh, of course, uh, one of the countries they deliver to. So it might take a while before you get your item, but you can also, uh, uh, you know, uh, send the products to yourself. You can Got buy it. from Taobao. Because yeah. that would be, I think, something that a lot of people are wondering about is, you know, shipment. Because if you're trying to source in small quantities and you're trying to get them shipped to the U.S., that can sometimes be tough. And especially when you're working with Chinese suppliers that are only used to working with other on those Chinese platforms where it's mostly Chinese to Chinese. Right. So right. I think. 
that it's, it's going to be tougher for people. But as you said, if you make that, um, your, your, your conquest to figure that out, then you obviously have a leg up. So, you know, it might be worth it to take the time to figure that out. So, yeah. Um, the only reason I'm not emphasizing the, the, the service is that I didn't try it myself. So I, I can't really speak too much about it. But uh, I, I would recommend to try, you know, what, if, you, if an item costs you 50 cents and maybe a dollar on top of that to get it delivered to the, the door, I mean, why, why, why not doing it? You know, it's a good experience anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, then the, the other way to resume is probably having someone in China doing it for you, uh, you know, and give you reports, whether on Zoom, Skype, whatever, you know, you just uh, make sure the, the source, the people that you work with are trustworthy and they give you a good uh, report on what the, the item is. And you can base uh, uh, your uh, judgment on that and not just trade off the factory. Uh, the great thing on Taobao and uh, uh, 1688.com is you get uh, their, the factory's address as well. So then you can start inquiring, see if they come to Canton Fair. There's an, an old different world of, of getting to the source as well, you know, making different uh, comparison. And, and that's great for your, you know, entrepreneur journey. If you come to China later, if you make the move, it's a great first step to do everything from your home in the United States, you know, and try to figure things out. Because this is what's happening here, back here in Canton. Um, I mean, back to you, Amy, how, how was your experience in, in Canton this year? Oh, it was wonderful. It was absolutely, <laughs> I, I loved it. I have 28 products on my launch list that I'm getting wow. out for this year. And you know, I don't do anything small, Baptiste, come on. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I'm excited. I'm, I've found plenty of uh, manufacturers for new products that I've already tested out that some of them that I've, you know, put on Amazon already in small quantities. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to, you know, but like we were talking about on this call is, you know, uh, actually developing those products into winners uh, that you've already validated. So, wow. so yeah, it was a really exciting experience and it was very cool just to see that China isn't so far away. You know, mm -hmm. that's the big thing. So that brings me to my next question. So you live in China and what is that like? What is it like to live there when you're not Chinese? You know, how is it? Right. So uh, it's, you know, most of places I've been are absolutely peaceful, meaning people are not aggressive. It's really, um, you know, you don't want to do crazy stuff when you're not in your own country, like, you know, showing off and you know, taking bills out of a ATM and just flashing them off in before your pocket. Because uh, even like if you go to France, my own country, you might have some problem over there. If you go to the US, you might have some problem over there. So, you know, if you just keep from uh, the stupidity, I think it's very safe, really. Uh, and that's one of the things that uh, a lot of people might might be scared of is like, what's going to happen, you know, because it's not, it's a total different political system and etc. It's actually very safe. That's the first thing. The second thing is, uh, yes, there is pollution, but now there are uh, cities like Shenzhen, uh, they've 
completely changed the all of their uh, uh, bus couches and taxis. They turned completely electric. So uh, some areas now are developing, but understand the, the, their responsibility towards the rest of the world. And, and you've got that uh, on TV. You've got that pretty much everywhere. So people slowly here getting conscious of their impact on the environment. So uh, it's getting less polluted. And uh, in Guangzhou, uh, I don't feel that much uh, pollution. Um, that's another thing. Uh, the, the, what it's like, um, the language, of course, is a barrier. Uh, but I think when I, I start to open and try to speak Chinese, people are smiling, uh, welcoming, ready to help you in general, um, apart from the taxi driver here in Guangzhou. <laughs> <laughs> like rude, uh, yeah, rude, uh, they, they will, you know, ignore you, they will just uh, not do the, the, the counter thing, you know, uh, the mashing counter, they will actually do all sorts of noise where with their organs you know so uh i don't want to get into that too much but yeah apart <laughs> from the taxi drivers everyone's just very very nice um, but even yeah. with the taxi drivers i felt like you know i agree the taxi drivers were a little crazy and there were times when i had to like <laughs> scream at them and be like turn your meter on turn it on yeah. you know yeah, and yeah. they will they will because you know there's that sign right there that basically says if this person does anything wrong just call the cops and get it on yeah. video you know so it's like they know that that's posted right there in their taxi and they know that they can't really mess around too much. But and it's just funny, like some of them would get on their phone and talk at like the loudest volume and you're just trying to ride and enjoy your ride. And so it's <laughs> yeah. definitely not like, you know, but ultimately I didn't there wasn't like you said, there wasn't any time that I didn't feel safe. Right. Like right. even with a crazy taxi driver. Yeah. I might feel like, okay, this dude's going to crash, but, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Mean, I didn't fear for my life or feel like I was unsafe or like anyone would do me harm, you know? So yeah. that, that was really great. Like even when I was walking by myself in China, I felt very secure and safe. And I think that that is something that is an important part of visiting anywhere. So it's good that we kind of can, can tell people about that. So speaking Absolutely. of, you mentioned, you mentioned silent, you know, my silent team and Jim Cockrum yeah. and, and um, you mentioned just one dime and some other folks, you know, but what, as far as your motivation goes and, you know, the things that you listen to and, you know, your podcast, your favorite books, motivational material, what are your favorites? Right. So, uh, yeah, so my major influences have been uh, Jim Cochran, Chris Davy, which has uh, got a community. He's got a lot of things coming. Uh, it's just so, always so busy. So we all wait for uh, Chris Davy's amazing uh, content to come out. But uh, he's definitely one of my major influences. Uh, you know, my French background uh, with luxury brands are playing a part into uh, the, the way that I write my copy, everything. Uh, but, but, you know, your podcast, of course, is on my radar always since I've met you. Uh, so it's a, it's a great, great, you know, uh, occupation to listen to it. But um, as far as books, I guess, like many of us, uh, I see lots of similarities, you know, uh, you know, thinking, think and grow rich from uh, Napoleon Hill would be one, um, you know, uh, motivation, 
uh, you know, like seven, uh, the seven habits of very efficient people. That's a book that really motivates me. Um, um, then uh, my personal uh, or the personal MBA by uh, John Kaufman is something that I find extremely useful at any stage of my business, uh, you know, and for scaling in the future. And then um, there's that guy called Ray Dalio, which is uh, a basic, uh, is an investor in the U.S. Uh, and he's, he's been um, the, the CEO of uh, Bridgewater for many, many years and uh, has been working with great companies, putting system into place. And now is is uh, basically the head of the biggest hedge fund in the in the whole uh, world. I think it's like three hundred and seventy seven billion dollars under his uh, uh, company's management. And he he has a book called Principles, uh, which I I really recommend to everyone. It's not just about investing money. It's just really about how to do things differently and. and keep into the habits of things. So that was a major influence to me also. Um, I, I love to listen to uh, many podcasts, not just one. I like to diverse my source. Uh, but for um, um, Amazon, I would I would listen to Ecom Crew podcast by uh, uh, Michael Jackness and Dave Bryant. Uh, of course, the cellular, um, sorry, the Serious Seller podcast uh, it's just the continuity of uh, Manny's AMPM podcast and uh, um, yes, yeah, seller sessions. Uh, Danny Macmillan, that's a big one for me. Uh, and recently, I've been I've been following uh, Evelyn Demirov. So they they're gonna have a, an event, I think, in London in the first of June. Those guys are uh, no fluff, straight to the point value. So if you if it's more advanced stuff though, so maybe you know you want to spend your time there when, when once you feel comfortable with amazon and, and everything uh and of course you know uh, my my one of my uh silent mentors shall i say uh, uh jim cochran's uh, my silent team radio uh so yeah that would be my uh my go-to uh podcast and and go to books to get uh motivated uh balanced uh educated and uh wanting to always get more Yes, it's good to be diversified. I agree with uh, a lot of the books you mentioned, too. I love Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. It's just a great book. And I'm big. I'm a big reader because I don't write as much anymore. So I used to listen to podcasts in the car all the time. And so now I just I, I just read a lot more. But um, but yeah, I'm 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 all about I've, I've used to listen to, to Manny's podcast all the time uh, wow. when I first got started when I was on my way to work, you know, and just some great some great tips about, you know, I, I think I remember just some of the original, just little uh, ninja tricks he gave were really good. Uh, and yeah. I enjoyed those, I enjoyed learning from some of those. So, um, I mean, really, you know, you've given us some, some great insight into just, I'm going to call this podcast really, you know, kind of starting out and sourcing small quantities from China, because I think you've given some really great tips on that. And, Thank you know, you. what advice do you have for other sellers that are just starting out? Like if you could give one solid piece of advice, what would it be? Right. Uh, so like, yeah, don't go mainstream. Just look at your situation. Uh, and, and I would go as far as to say your strategy is like a wife. Uh, so you need to pick it to pick her very, very carefully. You know, don't just go 
follow the trend uh, of taking the tool, uh, really figure out your situation, find your angle, differentiate, 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 um, and, and, and do it. Uh, so, yeah, just taking the mild, while deep, uh, inch deep approach, you know, make sure you understand the things and narrow it down to something you get comfortable with. Uh, lower your risk, uh, augment your success rates uh, or your success chains. And that would be my advice, yes. That's really great advice. I love it. I love just kind of, you know, I like to tell people, don't get stuck in analysis paralysis. There's a lot of information out there. Just take your time, do your research and just start small. Like give yourself permission to fail. It's okay because you're going to fail small, right? And then you're going to move forward. So it's like you kind of have to, I think the best way to move forward is just to say, look, I'm going to send something little and small into Amazon and I'm going to just put it out there. And it's okay if it fails because I'm going to learn a lot and I'm going to do this process. And, And so that's, you know, that's the the best uh, thing I think people can do to get beyond their fear of just beginning, you know, just buy something and send it in. It's it's not, you know, it's not rocket science. Don't overcomplicate it. Just get out there. But I love the analogy you gave about pick it, you know, pick your product like you were going to pick your next wife, you know, oh, you're hopefully your only wife, right? For, you know, <laughs> and that, you know, she needs to be a gem, a jewel, right? And put the yeah. time into that. So that's awesome. Well, tell us, Baptiste, before we end here, how can people find you and get in touch with you? Well, I've got uh, that little community uh, on Facebook. So I've got a Facebook group called uh, Supreme, uh, Seller Supreme, uh, the Gateway to China. And you can find me on this. Uh, otherwise, uh, my um, uh, Instagram is uh, Supreme FBA from China. So you can find me there as well. And otherwise, just uh, me, Baptiste Rosier. Uh, on pretty much uh, every media you can you can think of. So yeah, um, uh, contact me. I'll uh, answer all of your questions with great pleasure. Well, awesome. And I will put all of those, all that information in the show notes so that people can find your Facebook group, Supreme yeah. FBA, um, Gateway to China our Supreme FBA from China. And, um, you know, and I'm sure that people that get into kind of learning some of these new platforms like Taobao and Zhengdao and, you know, the Yalibaba and all these different ones that you mentioned are just so much fun to kind of, you know, you were showing me um, the apps that you have on your phone when when we were in China and I was like, oh my gosh, that's all in Chinese. But Mm -hmm. you were just showing me, well, hey, you know, once I click in here, I can just click on the camera icon, which everyone can recognize, and I can put a picture in there of a product and I can find one. And then, you know, you've got Google Translate and everything else. So just don't be afraid to play around. What's the worst that can happen? You might find a product for 50 cents that you can sell for, <laughs> you can sell for 25, you know, hey, there we go. So, uh, you know, thank you so much, Baptiste, for being with us Thank today. you for having me. Thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed having uh, this conversation with you and uh, yeah, hope to have uh, uh, many more to come and and hope to have you you on my group now. (laughs) Yes, definitely. I think I'm already in your group, (laughs) but hopefully we can see the listeners there. (laughs) What I meant was like, I would love to uh, snatch a little interview and, uh, and, and feature you on a video on my group. 
Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.